Well, we're about to start a show. Do you want to do a show? Uh, let's do a show. Let's do a show, America. Hold on. Oh, there it is. This is uh, hot coffee. It's a big deal, this show. Right? Doing this show on uh, Red Wednesday. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huff. Oh. So much pep in your voice. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I know that, uh, and we'll, 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 we'll touch on this just briefly here, but um, we'll, uh, <laughs> this is, this is post-mortem of um, America's election, presidential election, but we will, we'll touch that subject in the next episode because there's actually something really, you know, we've got, a, we have a great show that we want to do, we want to entertain, so we'll yeah, stay focused I, on that. I almost now. didn't want to do a show today, and Brian... Brian was hey, just enough with the song. Let's, <laughs> you should have just cut that uh, out. Come just on. to be nice. This is time to be positive. I yeah. know, I know. But what I was gonna say was I wasn't even gonna. I wasn't even gonna. <laughs> I was gonna try to cancel today. And Don't then, cancel and today. Then Br- and Brian said, "You know, I'm gonna cancel. It's today. kind of our job to. We're supposed to be funny and get out there and entertain. Entertain. Just because things didn't go our way, or America's way, or the world's way, or probably the known galaxy's way." <coughs> doesn't mean we uh, should go run and hide. You know, we got to still uh, maintain and be positive and get out there and do the things that we love and try to do them as long as we can and try to hold on to the people we love as long as we can before everyone is divided into some weird groups. Uh, that being said. Yeah, that being said, um, the uh, um, the Cubs won the World Series. And uh, now, do you, first of all, yeah, okay. And we really haven't talked about this because you 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 took off. You <coughs> went out of town. <coughs> I went out of town, <coughs> but I did not go to Chicago. No, you did not. Kay. So what? I want to know what you did. Okay, because we didn't really talk much. First, first, we didn't. We didn't. But I think that comes from superstition. Now I know I have some friends that have waited to hear this show because they're excited to see what we're going to say. I think they think we're going to be screaming uh, uh, little girls like the Beatles are coming to town. You know? No, no. Um, but that is kind of how I felt. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I what I did was uh, me and Nicole watched the first two games here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't go out to any bars. You stayed home. I stayed home. Okay. I didn't go to anybody's. Ha- I got invited to places. A lot of people from Chicago out here. A lot of people having get togethers. And I just felt that I I couldn't stomach it if it w- just, you know, went really south. And I was be to be around a lot of people. It was just really like I, I didn't want to like ruin anyone's party. I didn't want to like, you know, ruin people's evening. So I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay home. And they lost that first game to Kluber. And I was like, that's fine. Uh, you know, Schwarber came in, looked really good. That was hold on a second. Is somebody vacuuming? Oh no! What is today? Wednesday? No. Oh, that, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's probably it's, a, the it's probably the leaf blower. S- somebody doing some leaf blowing. All right. Just yeah. wanted to check. It's fine. Yeah. This is real life, you guys. Yeah, real life. We don't, and you know, in radio, we, we had a soundproof. There it uh, is, When I guys. worked in radio, we had a Reference soundproof Reference number booth. one. Brian, <laughs> Brian was in radio. A soundproof booth. Uh, we don't have that here. <laughs> we actually, didn't, we should be clear before you move on. Yeah. You were talking about Kluber. Where I cut you off. But we are actually doing this show. I, I, I'm, I, I got bored being at Brian's uh, mobile today. the Glassell campus. And uh, so we're kind of going campus. around the, yeah. the glass. That, that is, it's kind of a campus because there are multiple classrooms. There, are. there are, you got the downstairs. We've done it uh-huh. upstairs. Yeah. We've done it in the living room. Yeah. No, 
We haven't done it in the living room. That's by the way, I'm talking about the podcast, not the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, be careful. Not sexing or anything. Yeah, and we and you know we don't. I don't let you guys use the stairs. It almost killed me. So you know, I mean, everybody has to go around the outside. So oh, is that the deal? Is that why we always go around the outside? Yeah, those stairs are dangerous. Oh yeah, but I mean, I I know it also that stinks like cat shit over there because the that's cat a better boxes. reason. Feral cats have the worst shits. Anyway, so back to Kluber. Oh, so anyway, so Schwarber came in in that first game, and I was like, oh man, this is a good sign. There were good things that came out of that first game. Plus, no one expected the Cubs to beat Kluber in Cleveland at home. You know what I mean? Game two, they won. I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is awesome. And then on. Right before the series started, me and Nicole bought tickets to fly to New York. You did for this specifically, yeah, or to just go visit your brother once, and the baby? And all once they stuff. got in, <clears throat> once they got in, we decided to ditch our Halloween costumes and plans and everything, and get go well, out. That's right, you were out there for Halloween. Yeah, and, and go out to New York for games uh, three, four, five, six, and seven. So we, I watched the first two games in L.A. Then we t- we tried to fly out like one o'clock in the afternoon on the twenty seventh. Right, mm-hmm. there was no baseball that day. Uh, we get delayed. We get delayed. We get delayed. We get delayed. We end up actually, we end up not flying out. We get there at one. They tell us we can't fly out till eleven o'clock, and then they want to put us in Chicago overnight. <laughs> and I say no, because I haven't st- I hadn't set foot in Chicago since the playoffs started. I mean, see, I would have thought right there that uh, JetBlue, by the way, no, not JetBlue, because you would have flipped right. But <laughs> United, I would have thought it was awful. Um, I would have thought, and probably not cheap if you got them so late in the game. Or did you get them at least? There it is. We've got radio. Think, we got the cough. I think we got decent. Price? We got decent price because I agreed to some horseshit terms. That's, oh, okay. I think is what happened. Terms. What did you have to do? Did you have to help out on the plane? I had to, I I had to help out. Are. I had to vacuum. What were your conditions? If I you had know to, what the terms were. I had to were. shampoo the seats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like there was like. You, you couldn't, once I bought the tickets, are non-refundable. You had to do it this way. You had to fly at this time. You couldn't, any other changes. It was like all this nonsense. So we just took, each took a carry-on and was like, try to make it as cheap as possible. And then they kept delaying us and delaying us. And finally, what we got was <clears throat> flying out of LAX at like 11 p.m. and into Washington, D.C. by like 8 in the morning and then from D.C. to New York. So it was like... It was a kind of a nightmare travel situation, but we got in to New York, <coughs> took a nap, and then game three was that night, uh-huh. and they lost game three at home. And I was like, <coughs> uh-oh. Like, I thought the momentum for sure was on our side. Once we won game two in Cleveland, I say we, I meant the Cubs. Uh, no, but you're, 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 I get it. You're that kind of fan. By the way, w- hold on to that thought for one sec. Yeah. Uh, oh, I hold couple, on to these thoughts forever. Okay, good. yeah, yeah. I, I, I get your superstition thing, but being that close to Chicago and knowing that you could just swing by Wrigley and smell the air and stare at the at the sign and look at the stadium and just know that you were in the presence of potentially that moment and World Series and knowing that the, the World Series name was spray-painted on the grass and all that, I would have thought that you could you could look past that, but you couldn't. I well one we would they would have put us in a hotel immediately outside the airport. So and we it's called to, Uber, baby. We would have taken a cab. Or Uber, Uber and right. desperation. Uh, and we were flying out at like five in the morning. And also, no, I hadn't t- set foot in Illinois since they started their playoff run. I didn't. I, I'm a like butterfly effect guy. If I show up there, if I, you know, flap my shirt wrong in the wind, like I don't know, dude. I just get. I was really anxious. I was very anxious about the flight to begin with. 
So then the whole thing, I was like, all right, just get me in to watch, to be able to see the game. I need to see the game. I didn't want to be in the air while the game was going on. Understood. But so you probably could have watched it online somewhere if you had to, but yeah, understood. I didn't want to watch it online. I wanted to watch it with my brother. That's why we were going out there. No, no, no. I'm saying if, worst case scenario, the beauty of technology now is there's a yes. chance you could have found a way to. I understand. All right. So so game three happens, and it's it's, uh, it's it's not pleasing. It's not pleasing, but, you know, we're out in New York. We're having a good time. We get super drunk that night. My brother spins some records. Did you do? Did you watch all the games at his house? Yeah. His apartment? Does he, he live in Manhattan? <clears throat> no, they moved. They, <clears throat> they moved to a, uh, <clears throat> a house in Queens. They live in Bayside now. Okay. Okay. So they have a basement. They have a nice, they have a, and a three month old. When their daughter was born, the Cubs won eight in a row. So this kid, I was like, maybe we need to be, and her middle name is Hope, and her first name is Luciana. So you're rubbing a lot of baby head? Well, I was definitely, I was definitely looking at her being like, come on, we got this right. You smell baby head. Nothing smells better than baby head. head. Oh, I know. Can I tell you something really crazy? My brother pointed out, as soon as we started watching game three, he goes, just so you know, Whenever she cries and gets fussy, something bad happens for the Cubs. No, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. So I go, <laughs> I go, that's ridiculous, dude. You're being an idiot. And I swear to you, <laughs> I swear to you, nine out of ten times when she w- – because she, she was an angel the whole time. She would sleep until, like, the fifth inning. She'd wake up. She'd be, like, pumped. She'd eat. She'd smile. She'd laugh. We'd play with her. She would have fun. It was all great. Every once in a while, she'd be like, yeah, and she'd get like a wet diaper or something, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, right, right. But then like right before like, game seven, because I was like trying to put that out of my mind, right? Bef- and, and during game seven, when Chapman came in, she cried literally a second before that home run was given up. Like I was like, she either sees into the future <laughs> or her crying <laughs> is affecting everybody. Uh. But like it was crazy. So we were there <coughs> and we were having fun. <coughs> and like, you know, you think I'm, I, w- I was trying to be very positive. I was like, look, we can win games four and five and then go back. to. We just have to win one at home because at that point we had to win in Cleveland. Now, where were you in the batting order at this point? Where was I in the batting Yeah, were you batting cleanup? Were you batting ninth? Because we we, we, um, (coughs) go back to your we. I was was definitely had my jersey on, and I was ready to go in if needed. Now, when they pick up the phone, are they calling you? In the dugout, there, there, I'm. It's a, it's like a party line. Remember oh, okay. those party, <laughs> party chat lines? Party line. There's like a hey, couple guys. Hey, can you get off the phone? I got it. Oh, remember, did you ever do a party line where like you no, pick up the phone kind of and your neighbor, line. no, no, your neighbor's not, on the phone. It was like a, a shared phone line. Not a Ladies, town party line. Listen, yeah, for those of you who don't know, for those of you cell like phones, cell, cell phones that the only if you've ever had cell phones in your life, there was a point where like we only had this obviously when my parents were in the lake house. Yeah, dude, we because didn't have, we sh- never everybody had shared this, the same like, yeah. phone line on the lake, so you'd pick it up and be like, listen, I need you to get off the phone. I don't know why we all talk yeah. about Harry Carey, but yeah. we need you to get off the phone. We want to make a phone call now. And you're getting an argument on a phone with your neighbors where your neighbors can pick up the phone and listen to you have a conversation with Nana. But you know, that's not the party line. I remember those party lines where it was like yeah. the, the 1-800. 1-800 like, yeah. every, time those, every time those come on, I go, yeah. I go, hey, Nicole, can I borrow your phone? And every time she thinks I'm being serious, she's like, yeah, what do you need? And she's like, oh, never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so we we were, we were enjoying ourselves, and we just had to win one more, one more game. Like we, I do say we, whatever. It's it, fine. It felt like a it God, felt like fine. a community process. It is, and and also like I just I was very nervous at that point. Okay, I was like, okay, we we flew out here to watch this, and if they get swept from you know they win one game because game two, it's crazy. Like if you look at game twos in World Series history, like. A lot of teams have won game two and then lost every other game. 
look, they have. Here's the thing about baseball: they 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 just vomit statistics on you and analytics yes, on you to get crazy. you to say like, okay, down. the team that wins game two wins seventy percent of the time, yes, or whoever yeah. gets up three games to one in history. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a, they throw these percentages and history history against you. I, I will I will say to you though that. Um, Leading into Game 7, and I think you would agree to this, I don't know if you listen to any sports talk, but just in general, even, by the way, John Schmoltz, great, great analyst, great to listen to him, because he, he, he's been there, he's done it all. He played in a he's Game He's played seven. in games, he's done it all, so when his perspective is so unique and so dead on, and I think all the criticisms of leading into Game 7 were all fair and all played themselves out about how pitchers were used. Everybody, yeah, absolutely. everybody nailed that part of it they will uh, how everything ended up playing themselves out was exactly what they said was going to happen happened for everybody yeah kluber short rest yep. you know um chapman uh, yeah chapman all that stuff i mean i didn't i thought it was i thought it was crazy well first of all when they they, they lost game four right i had some friends santino went to game four um which was well you know bittersweet because it was great that he got to go to a world series game it was a bummer that they lost um, and then they won game five and I was like, oh, okay. All right. So it's not over. But then you hear everything like, eh, only so many teams have come back right. from a three one. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? If a team is going to do it, why not be this team right now? And like, you and I talked about it. When you look at playoff runs for certain teams, you have to look at their short term history. And in the two previous yeah, they've come series, they've come back. they came back, which means in they have that in them. And you have to remember that. Yeah. You have to. The hardest thing is to stop looking at the long history of the Cubs and only look at the short history of what was happening. Yeah. And you can compare that to previous teams that have had those types of experiences and runs like that. Yep. And in hindsight, you look back and go, oh, yeah, OK, they were they were mentally built to deal with this in this specific series. Yeah. And, and it's very rare that the team with the best record wins, wins it all. Do you right. Know what I mean? Which it's was also like, another thing you could hold against them. And that, that was winning. what was freaking me out, too. It's like, of course, the team with the you know, of course they don't win because they had the best record in baseball. Of course, like Madden will get manager of the year because that's all they count is the the regular season. Right. You know, it's like, and then I was just, I, it, and then I started to think at game five, I was like, you know, winning two games, like, yeah, that could be done. Kluber on short rest. We got guys like I, I was very, I felt encouraged by our rotation. The the rotation of the Cubs was very strong. You know, Arietta, Lackey was, you could, you had Lackey available. That's why I don't understand Chapman coming in in Game Six so early when we were up seven, when the Cubs were up seven two. Again, yeah, that was that a was where they started saying, yeah. "What are you doing?" And I know that everybody hates Joe Buck. I don't get it. I don't care. I don't really listen to announcers that much. I just, like I said, the only reason why I listened to Schmoltz was because he was talking very specific stuff. Where Joe Buck and most announcers, especially if they never played baseball, they're just there to be color commentators. Yeah, to where, um specifically with Schmoltz or Ron Darling or whoever in any of these playoffs who actually participated in stuff and are sharing like personal knowledge of like what's going through someone's mind, why you would do this versus that, that stuff. And that was one of the things right away. They're like, Ugh, I don't get this whole thing. And yeah. even the decisions in game seven, dude, were like <laughs> nerve wracking, by the way. Very nerve wracking. Um, and you and I, you, I briefly told you this in a text. I only saw one game live. I, I did. I sucked it up as a dad, and I did all my kids' family events Dude, I would have tied sports. my kids to a radiator and said, I'll see you in a week. Look, the only thing that I thought about in the end was I live 
we both live in Los Angeles, so there it wasn't like it was rabid cub fever that where someone was probably going to screw it up or like in Game Seven as an example, we had we were out of the sporting event. It w- if they had won while I was out, like horns weren't going to start honking and fireworks weren't going to start going off because of where we lived. It was it was a Dodger town, so they didn't care that the Cubs were uh, on the verge, even though everybody watched it. No everybody one cared. Everybody watched it. But I will tell you that Game Seven, even though I recorded it and I hated recording it. It even got to me recorded, like Dude. the anxiety because I didn't know I, my phone was buzzing in a corner where I had of set course. it. Of course, it was going <laughs> off. It was going off. I said it. I purposely kept it physically because away you, from me. If you even saw one congratulations, you would know. And if or you anything, or like, oh my god, or yeah. what the fuck, or whatever. Dude, yeah, it was. Dude, I, and I, me and my brother both, we put our phones down at the beginning of the first pitch, and we didn't really pick them up till the end, but. I Which is better, you know? I mean, unless you need to share the experience with someone, you know? Yeah. A family member, yeah. but you're there. You're with your family. Ex- that's exactly why we wanted to be there. It was like, it would make the most sense, whether they were swept or not. Like, the idea that the Cubs had made it to the World Series in my lifetime and my brother's lifetime was something that we wanted to share together. You know what I mean? We wanted to, to if we couldn't both be in Chicago because he's got a kid, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, then let's do it in New York where we can hang out and our wives get along. And it, we just had a lot of fun, man. We had a lot of fun. And then... For them to end up winning it and the way they won it, I mean, dude, do you understand uh, that a, crushing blow of a home run? A any hit, drought, any come. A, a, a rain delay, a rain delay takes oh. care of a hundred eight year drought. A yeah. rain delay, like the uh, the, it's there there there's so much symbolism and so, I mean, listen, st- everything was going the Cubs' way. There was you can't. The, I'll say this about the Cleveland Indians. Oh, we got yeah. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead and finish. Oh. We, we're gonna we're gonna call our guest in because this yeah. is this is yeah. We got a pretty good guest uh, today. I, I'll say this about the Cleveland Indians and the, and the organization and the city as a whole. I thought they were awesome. I thought they were the classiest. Absolutely. If we had to play a World Series and lose, I would have wanted it to been to that team, <laughs> if that makes sense. But we won, and I w- and I'm glad it was that team that we won against. I'm glad that they're part of that history with us. I yeah. Think that 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 kind of bonds the two cities forever. Yeah. And I think that. Is lo- I mean, I wish they would change their name and their mascot is completely ridiculous and uh, really uh, borderline. Save gross. it for a. But, but, but as, a, as an organization, I thought they were on. Frank Kona is amazing. He's yeah. like my second favorite baseball coach of all time, man. He's so good. And the players and Napoli and that guy from Brookside, Illinois, who scored that run and was like, yeah, I hope the Cubs lose. But he grew up rooting for the Cubs. So you know right. that deep down he's like, this feels good. Either too. way, like, he's involved. He, in it's it, yeah. a win-win for America, I, I think. Two things. Uh, one, I'm glad they didn't involve Bartman at all because that if somebody had said that would have been tragic they, they if they had lost. They kept talking about him, but, but Joe Buck no, talked no, about no, him. No, I'm yeah. talking about even oh, in, trying oh. to get him involved. Leave the no. guy alone. Just please he leave him alone. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He no, wants he sh- to He do shouldn't it. have to. All right, so our guest today is uh, is Brody Stevens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him right now. Hopefully this works. I'm just I'm doing this live, so we'll find out. All right, I think I got it this time. Brody. Brody Stevens, everybody. Hello, Brody. Hello, Brian and John. Yes. How are you, man? How are you? Thanks for being on the show. Um, thank you. I'm doing great. Staying positive. I'm continuing. It yes. just doesn't stop. No. I mean, I'm not always positive, and it takes effort, but I know it's a proven formula. I've, I've studied hieroglyphics. As so. we all have, I think. Have you, John? Have you Perfect. studied hieroglyphics? Yeah, okay, sure, good. sure, 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 sure. Um, Brody, wanted to ask yes, you, sir. wanted to talk to you about, I saw all your videos, Instagram. Uh, obviously, me and Brian, huge Cubs fans, watched the World Series uh, on the edge of our seats. It was f- super exciting. And then I see pictures of you and Sebastian down 
laughing it up with Mark DeRosa and hanging out for Game 7 and all that. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that experience and what it means to you even to just be there as a Cubs fan, obviously? Well, um, yeah, it was great. Definitely. I've been hanging out with the Cubs for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's – I don't really – I'm not really a, a fan. I'm not – I didn't grow up in Chicago. You're a baseball um, fan. Well, I'm a baseball player. I played baseball. You know, I, I am a My fan mistake. of the game of baseball, but I also played, you know, Division One. Yeah. And Arizona State. And um, I still throw the ball. You know, so I'm a, I'm a player. And um, my friend who I grew up with, Mike Rosello, he's been a coach there for five years. And he was with the Dodgers for four years and with the Yankees for 12 years. So I grew up with him and I'm pretty, you know, loyal to him. Nice. Go where he goes. And then usually I, because I'm with him, I get the freedom to hang out. Okay, so that so that was my question to you, Brody, because I over the years, obviously, I know that you play baseball. I know you have a huge love for the sport of baseball. Well, I like to pitch. Yeah, I like pitching and, and drumming. You like drumming a little and bit, drumming. Right? Okay. Yeah, I like the feel of hitting also. Yeah, I do like the feel of it. <laughs> but the uh, um, but that makes sense. So your access to Major League Baseball is through this friend for the most part. Is that what you're saying? No, that's just that's one okay. reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it see. When you, when I've done so many shows, you know, audience warm-ups, I was at best, well, I could tell you exactly, like, how all these connections, you know, where they trace back to. Sure. I, mean, I can even do, I could do the same also with, you know, how I got particular movies or a, a part in a, in a TV show, where I can tell you kind of where those moments actually happened. Right. So, with this... With the Cubs here, yes, the, the coach of the Cubs, the guy who is in charge of the, the catchers, and he's in charge of the strategy, so it's a very high-end position. He is the brain trust. Yes, I grew up with that man, Mike Brazello. And you guys play ball together? Little league. Okay. Um, seniors, that sort of thing. And his, um, you know, I know I grew up with his father. Is under his father's tutelage. That mindset growing up here in the San Fernando Valley, Tarzana Little League. And, uh, you know, we are we friends, you know, united through baseball. And I went off to Arizona State. He went off to University of New Mexico and then Cal Lutheran. So we were both playing baseball current, concurrently. And then he, um, you know, in 1993 – he went on to become like focus on pro baseball, got signed, but he wasn't all that great, but with the Cardinals and I started doing comedy. So basically for three years, he played minor league baseball in the year before that. He didn't know what he was doing. I remember we, I was out here. I was done with school. He was done with, um, he was done with stuff and he was selling yogurt, you know, out popcorn out in Whittier. He was done with baseball at that point. No, he was done with, yeah, he was done with professional baseball. So he, he played, so this is 1990, I'm getting some of the years mixed up, but it's like 94 to 95. Okay. So he was out here, I was down here, and he was selling popcorn for like a year. He was done with baseball. So then Joe Torrey 
who he grew up with. That's his godfather. He was under, you know, he always knew Joe Torre. And we learned through Joe Torre, Joe Torre baseball camp. We learned the fundamentals of baseball. So then Joe Torre got the job with the New York Yankees. So he goes down to Tampa for spring training, Joe Torre and the Yankees. And he says to Brazello, why don't you come down here to Tampa? So now he's going from selling popcorn to going to Tampa because Joe Torre was with the Cardinals. Brazello was with the Cardinals. Okay. Okay. So it right, all right, starts right. with Joe Torre. You know, people don't understand. It starts with Joe Torre. Wow. All right. So Joe Torre goes to the Yankees. What in 1996? Yankees win the world championship in 1996. Who's there? Borzello, bullpen catcher. You know, he kept his options open. Joe says, come down to Tampa, see what happens. Borzello's throwing batting practice. They like it. He threw, he caught the bullpens. He did everything. They liked it. And then Joe took him with the team. And then they won. Did, did, did up, you hang out with them then, or no? Were you, were you, were you, did you end up being there for that as well, or not at that time? Yes, you were there. That's amazing. Yes, I hung out with the Yankees all fantastic. through those, those championships. Wow. I got, I would go to spring training. I went to all, you know, I had tickets for all the Yankee games. But when I went, when I went out to New York, and I knew he was out there. He said, "Come out to New York." So he's out there in '96. I moved out there in '97 from Seattle. So I had been in Seattle. For three years, and then I went to New York to, to to hang out with the Yankees, essentially, and do stand-up in New York City. You got to go to New York. So I hung out with the Yankees. They won. Brazil huh. was a bullpen catcher, but I hung out with the Yankees, learned all about winning baseball in Manhattan, in New York, before <laughs> cell phones. We were around that. See, people don't understand these things. You know, it's like Brazil was around before all the social media so you right. can really focus on being professional it's like when the yankees played they expected to win it yeah. wasn't a party after every game it was no. like yes we won now we come back and win tomorrow yeah i mean look what they i know i'm talking a lot but i'm getting this off my chest Dude, no um, love it we love it you know and the yankees won they won 114 games that one year they broke the record it's like they expected to win and if you look at the yankees he was there for 12 years they were in um Six World Series yeah. the Yankees were. And they and won four of them, right? They won four, and yeah. they almost won six. I mean, they lost to, uh, the you know, Diamond the Diamondbacks backs late, and then uh, also to the, the Marlins. But he has four World Series rings. So my friend Brazello, and, and we, we le- he learned about – he already had the winning gene in him because he was always winning in Little League. The, the teams just got it. And then you <laughs> apply – smart work and hard work hard work smart work and belief and the fundamentals so i saw the the you know the winning in new york so then he came out to the dodgers for four years out with the dodgers and pushed the dodgers as much as they could go so i hung out with the dodgers for a while and so then he went to the Cubs. The bottom line is i'm loyal to my friend that's where it all started and your friend is and your friend is clearly a winner He's clearly a winner. Now, is he getting ring? Did he get rings and all that stuff oh, uh, yeah. for being a part of the team? Yeah. They do that, Dude, right? He they... was, wasn't he on stage at the rally? He's in, he's in the dugout. Yeah. He's been in the major league dugout for 20 years. Okay. This, is, this is high-end stuff, guys. Yeah. This is not, oh, you don't get a ring. This is like, no, th- yeah. that's my thing. This is, this, is, this is stuff that people don't really know about. No, there's a, I think, and they did that at the, at the Cubs rally 
where they actually uh, where I think Joe Madden acknowledged all the all the coaches and stuff like that. And yeah. Unless you really you pay close to. attention to the inner workings of an organization, a sports organization like baseball, there are a lot of guys that do come into play. Um, and bullpen catchers are are some of the uh, and, and coaches are some of the most important and most crucial guys to sure. a baseball team. Would For you agree sure. with that, Brody? Well, yeah. I mean, you need guys to catch bullpens. Certainly, you know, you find out when you're when you're when you're with the team. How can you impact? How can you? I mean, you can just be a bullpen catcher and go. I'm just catching bullpens. Right. You're just going to sit there and do be, it. I'm a bullpen catcher, and I'm going to put out energy and pump these guys up. Like, and then also, I'm going to do the best job I can, and by my hard work, people are going to say, "Hey, I want to I want to throw to that guy because right. I like his energy." So it all comes back to energy, and I saw it happen yeah so when i so when i would take the energy that i learned from being around the yankees i applied it to when i was at sdm sports show when i moved back here to los angeles i was already doing it back in new york and somewhat in seattle i always had that energy but it wasn't it wasn't uh you know validated by the, the yankees definitely made i was like wow i'm my friend who we you know talk to every day put you know i help him he helps me then he's with the yankees and they win and like at a major league professional Ooh. world stage level wow so it kind of gave me that confidence so when i came back to work i got into warm-up and back in 2000 and because i had to come back to los angeles so you know i'm always like you know i am a comedian i am a performer i am me you got to look out you have to do you yeah just you know that sound like russell simmons but <laughs> I, I came back and I just applied that grunt grunt work attitude to the best damn sports show. Now Brazello was a bullpen catcher for twelve years. I mean he his responsibilities went up, but he was still doing the grunt work. Same thing with the Dodgers, and I was doing the grunt work and putting out the energy. And I saw the and, and it was just it proved to me that that being into it, being good, caring, you know, being a team player, it helped the shows. It helps. Yeah. So that was what I use that inspiration for. So that, and then basically, um, yeah, he's been with the Cubs for five years and you know, the older you get and I'm older too, I get a little more, uh, well, I get access because I'll throw this in. It's because I played baseball. You yeah. know, I'm not a guy hanging out that doesn't know baseball. Yeah. Who doesn't understand, uh, you know, baseball language, I can also play catch. I can throw. And to say, yeah, you, know, you, you, I, I you have go down to spring training and stuff. And do you get to play catch and stuff like that with yeah, the guys you, and stuff? Do you, they'll, they'll, they'll let you do that stuff. Yeah. yeah yes. They yes, do. They will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've suited up uh, a few times for different teams actually. Yeah. And with the Cubs, you know, it's all about. Oh, they want you to suit up. They want. They like having you around. It's just you have to like get the official okay. And Joe Madden, he'll he's okay with everything. But yeah. still. You know, you got to get the uniform. You got to get this. God but damn. I basically had a locker there at spring training. Like they'll give you know, it's like just keep it there in the coach's God, room. Now, when awesome, now, you man. just that is fucking awesome. Not not to use the term warm up, but that is that all you really would do is just warm up with them, and then when it was game time, you did you just did you still hang out in the in the dugout and stuff like that, or are there rules where you can't do that because you're not technically um, well, on the team? Well, spring training is really spring training is not a lot of rules. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's so basically, this year. You know, I and I train up for. It. I go. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to throw a bullpen. That's my goal is to be able to throw a bullpen. Okay. And uh, so, I, I 
Fazio, the pitching coach, said, yep, okay, yeah. we'll get you out there. Let's do it tomorrow. Be here oh, or dude. Oh, that's awesome. So, oh, and, uh, yeah, put on my uniform, put on my stuff. I go uh, through – I remember this year I threw the bullpen out there. I did well, threw the ball well. And then they go, do you want to catch the first pitch over at the stadium? And I said, yeah, I'll catch it. I'll go over there. So I went over to the stadium to catch the first pitch. And I caught the first pitch. And then um, he said, Joe says, you want to coach first base? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I said, yeah, I'll do it. So uh, they gave me the helmet. Brandon Hyde, the first base coach, gave me the helmet. I ran over to coach first base the first inning. It was against the Dodgers. And Kershaw was pitching. Yeah, I think I've seen Uh, that picture. It's like you. I can't remember. There's a a runner. Schwarber's on first, yeah, dude. Yeah, he got a base hit. And no. then Chris Bryant uh, popped out to end the inning. And, you know, I'm like a first base coach. I run over there, gives me the helmet, gives me the shin guard. And I, I went back in the dugout. And Kyle Schwarber, he got caught stealing. He ran on a, a pitchers in the dirt, and A.J. Ellis threw him out. Oh, and, Ellis uh, is good. Yeah, so uh, they gave me a hard – Rick Sutcliffe gave me a hard time. <laughs> out on, you know, Schwarber got thrown out on my watch. And – uh but I got to hang out. Yeah, I'm in there in the dugout with Billy Williams. Oh my and God! Sandberg and the players too. I, you know, they're coming by, high fives. You know, Arietta was pitching, and uh, you know, but again, I look like a player or coach. I'm in yeah. shape. I know how to do it, and and I don't say the wrong things. Hopefully, now these so guys Joe let me hang out. So Brody, so these guys now are most of these guys just knowing you through baseball are are especially like like just use the Cubs as an example or a lot of these guys have they seen you on TV or seen you in movies so they know they 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 also know your background or they know you more as your friend or as I forget your friend's name but as more of a guy. Um, it's a com- Mike Brazello. It's a combination. Yeah. I think some guys know my face from TV. Some guys. Um, had seen me do comedy. That's the thing. The last two years, I've done the comedy benefits for the Cubs. Oh, okay. Anthony Rizzo asked me to do it, and that's and that's the other thing. Like, oh, it's not all through my friend because, right. I mean, I'll tell you how I can tell you how um, I got some of these things, and, and that that help. So, I went to Arizona State, right? Arizona State University baseball. Yeah. Nice. Every, you know, every January we have the alumni game, you know, the alumni golf tournament baseball game. So I would go back to Tempe, Arizona and uh, play in the golf game maybe or play in the alumni game. But I would do the banquet after the golf game. So I would do, I'd give out the awards. Well, you know, here's the award for the longest, uh, the closest to the pin, the longest uh, tee. Uh, the best scores and then I would do a little comedy after you know walk around and mess with all the old players and just do some comedy for about you know 15-20 minutes so anyway I would do that guys would like it I mean for the most part you know our <laughs> then our sports information director the guy who worked for the for the, the Arizona State Stun Devils he moved on to get a job with the Texas Rangers so about three months later he was with the Texas Rangers and he said that Buck Showalter want, wanted to bring in a comedian. This is back like in 2005 or 2006. He says, Buck Showalter wants to bring in a comedian to goof around with the guys. So they ended up, I got a chance to do it. So I went out there to, to Arizona for the Texas Rangers and Buck Showalter. And uh, it was the opening um, 
meeting for them when they got the uh for spring training the okay. first meeting wow. so they brought me in and he goes so how do you want to come up you know we should like play a prank on them and i said why don't why don't we do it where we say i'm with the world baseball classic i'm representing them because it was the first year of that right and everybody was negative and didn't like it right <laughs> so this was a major meeting that was only for staff and you know i was hearing all i was hearing all the pertinent inside information wow so i was there they trusted me with all that which was nice you know, of course and so they say they do you know they talk the media guy the owner the general manager the the doctors, everybody, like an official thing, players only, staff only. And then they bring me up at the end. They say, okay, from um, New York, from the major league office, uh, Brody, Stephen Brody is going to talk, or Brody Stevens is going to talk to us about um, the World Baseball Classic. And so then I get up there. I go, yep, I'm here from the office in New York, visiting all the teams here in spring training. Just want to let you know, got it keep the message positive about the world baseball classic. It's not going to go away. So they're going to be asking you questions and we can't have you be talking down about it because it's only going to grow. Rod Barajas, for example, you're Egyptian, right? We're growing to Europe. You might have Egyptian blood and that's going to be an end for you. And the Dominican guys, believe me, you're going to get it. What I forget what it was. So I was yeah. do, doing that. So then I just started working in the room and I go, Phil Nevin, there you are. Phil Nevin. You've got tattoos, sunglasses. You played football and you ride a motorcycle. We get it. You're tough. <laughs> We're trying to win a championship here. I go, I hang out with the Yankees. I win. Look at these pitching mechanics. Yes. So I did about 20 minutes there, that kind of stuff. So they liked it. A lot of guys liked it, right? Oh, I like how you keep saying but a lot of guys, know. but not everybody, huh? Yeah, you know, it's always not everybody. Yeah, it's you know. subjective. But I never know for my own good, like, oh, what it is. Right. So <laughs> apparently they did like it. The guy said, oh, well, they did like it. And I said, at the end of the show, I said, or after I was going back, I go, you think I can come back tomorrow and suit up and hang out? And they said, yeah. So I went to the Texas Rangers spring training, the first spring training with them. I was out there stretching. I was doing all their uh, – pitching drills i think i threw a bullpen i forget but i was dressed up as the texas rangers and so i okay so i that was a successful show and that day i got this and the owner loved me he wanted me to work in and do all these drills with them the owner of the texas rangers right so all the guys liked me i I, did, I went over well i could have ripped some other guys more but it was good i was <laughs> Looking back on it, they wanted, you know, probably they like more ripping, but I hold back. Yeah. Anyway, they liked it. So I did that. And then the next year, the following year, they they had a, they brought, had a new manager, Ron Washington, and they flew me out to uh, Arlington, Texas, to do their winter meetings. They had their winter meetings, and they brought me just for the Rangers to do their um, meetings, just like lead a segment like p about positive energy, something silly like that, just to keep the guys loose. Right. You know, so I did that for the Rangers. So, all right, so I'm doing that. And then one of the players there who saw me was David DeLucci. So he was a, he was a major leaguer. He was on the Rangers at the time. He was on the Indians, the Diamondbacks, the Yankees. So he had a charity back in Baton Rouge. He says, you want to come out and talk to my uh, charity? And we're doing that. He said, yeah. So I went out. He flew me out. To, I went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
and did a little baseball charity there. And then from there, the guys from Mariucci, do you know the Mariucci baseball bats? You see the M? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So he, Marucci, is based, is friends with Delucci, Marucci Delucci. <laughs> and they're in Baton Rouge. So at Delucci's, Marucci saw me. So he says, why don't you come down here and we'll do, we have an award show, Marucci Bats. And you come down here, we'll go to the uh, football game. Because he, people don't understand, the guy who, who is the owner of Marucci Bats is also the head football trainer for LSU. <laughs> the Tigers. Really? So you go down. You, uh, you, we did this award show the next day uh, with Gary Sheffield, Ryan Howard, Jose Batista. We Big went boys. to the bat, wow. the bat warehouse, and we saw how they made a bat. I saw all the bats. Then we went to the game to, uh, you know, in the in the locker room on the field for uh, Alabama versus Louisiana State. So anyway, I did that. So now everybody with Marucci bats remembers me. So when you ha- then you go hang out with the team, okay, and with the Cubs, then you get guys come up to you go, oh, I remember you from Marucci. Here's the other thing I did. So I did the Marucci. Then the Major League Baseball Players Association, they asked me to do a couple things. Like, can you do our, our, uh, you know, our meeting in Orlando? Me and Matt Bronger actually went out there and did a show. Funny or Die, I think, did the show okay. for the players. It was, so that's where I met a bunch of players retired and, you know, Verlander, David Ross, oh, you know, God, Eddie Ross. Murray, B- Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. So I met David Ross there. OK, so then. I do I do the I do a couple of those benefits. So now they get to know your face. They know you. They see you. Same thing. I did the baseball all star game in Anaheim, did a little show there. So it's all like a cumulative effect. And then yeah. it ties into like. Oh, I saw you on The Hangover. Oh, I see you on Fox Sports. Oh, and you do this. Then you have, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. then I go with the I go with the Cubs. It's like, okay, David, um, you know, David Ross knows me because he met me back at the at the Players Association. Oh, John Lackney, Lackey knows me because he was on Best Damn Sports Show and he was in the audience one night at the Comedy Store. Oh, Ken Ravizi, the head psychologist. Mental coach for the Cubs knows me. Why? Because he was the head guy at Arizona State for that. So it's all connections. And you're so, you know? so kind of do the work and guys move around to different teams. But yes, to be honest with you, I would say my my foundation that gives me like maybe the backbone is Borzello, like knowing that he's got my back mm-hmm. for things like and he's a respected coach and a winning coach. Not only has he. You know, hell, he was there for Mariano Rivera when he when he found his cutter. He was there for when Kershaw found the slider. He was there developing these catchers like Russell Martin and, you know, and uh, Contreras with the Cubs now. Yeah. A.J. Ellis and uh, Wellington Castillo. Some with, of the best catchers the... ever. Exactly. So people yeah. don't people don't see that work that goes in. But so the guy who does that work, the guy who creates the charts for the, the pitchers to follow and look at the success, Jake Arietta last year. And then you have John Lester and look at Kyle Hendricks. These are all Brazello guys. Yeah. So when you see that and you see success and you see individual success, but team success and then city success, you, you can't, but help not believe in it. Yeah. And I, I see it through growing up with it. So I saw winning 
and I saw individual success. So a couple of things I, I think that you, in, in that story that is important to hit on one, and I think you would agree with this. Um, it, it is this, the type of entertainment that you're asked to do is not like traditional stand-up that you would do at like Largo at, or at the comedy store per se. In the fact that it's a lot harder in those in those rooms that you're doing, and the fact that you were able to move around comfortably and be su- successful within that type of like, hey, do my charity event or hey, do this major league players association event. Those are you know comics traditionally say how hard those rooms can be and can be disastrous. They're stressful. I mean, I did Very, a, yes. I did a big baseball scout dinner at Beverly Hills. They are stressful. Yeah, the audiences. Yeah. I'm not saying baseball. They like to laugh. Yeah. But they're not the kind of. They're not Friday night at the comedy no. store, 1030. Well, they're not. Well, try, no, they are Friday night. At the comedy oh. store. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The baseball guys, you know, they used to say, uh, you know, a clubhouse is an intellectual wasteland. You know, I mean, these are not like they need. First of all, base, they'll laugh at anything. Just yeah. give them goofiness. That's what these baseball guys want. If you do anything too deep or too thoughtful, right. most aren't going to get it. Or they're going to like, what's going on? So you have to know the room. And But then again, for me personally, I feel I'm a little different because I'm energy-based. And I'm so – it's so ingrained to me. Those 3,000 TV warm-ups are really kind of – ingrained yeah. uh, a groove in my brain you can work that I can channel into where I get everybody kind of on the same page but that's also to be you know it's not like it's also uh, you know other comedians that I started with you know when I remember starting in Seattle and you and you remember all of those guys who like Tana my friend Tana who we don't you know we don't talk anymore for whatever reason that's a whole other story <laughs> but Tana was very positive and coming from the baseball world, that was, you know, people weren't into that stuff. You got to be a tough guy. And, oh, yeah. F that guy. And that's why that mental stuff didn't come around until later. You have to be kind of open minded and to be to let your mind open up. So you, you can't be you can't be like a hater. You, right. got, you can't. And. When I went to Seattle, I, I saw what, basically getting away from the jock mentality more it felt more supportive you know the jock mentality is great you know they are they are they're there for you but to be out of that world was refreshing for me yeah it's definitely a totally it's totally different world yeah there's no doubt about it different world but i also feel that i'm able to go bounce back and forth between them oh i'll do my comedy at laura go or the take pieces a little bit of my baseball the comedy take a little bit of my comedy put it into baseball but now, um you know at, at the heart i am a baseball i'm a pitcher well and do you, you know? think that that because of that 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 part of you that never really left baseball do you feel that um that along with the fact that you know you're really taking us on a very long journey of how long you've been around baseball and been around the players and the organizations that they've kind of also leading up to us talking to you about being a part of the whole Cubs thing and the history historical part of what they did. Do you feel like they've welcomed you into their fraternity per se? So you can just kind of wander freely. They're like, yeah, Brody, he's just, he's part of us. He's part of our, our baseball world. Um, you know, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Some somewhat, but not again, I don't get paid by the Cubs. No, I have to, I have to, I mean, I have to rely on 
I mean, once you put a uniform on, then you can relax. You know what I mean? You're oh, you got the uniform, then you do whatever you want. Right. But when you don't have the uniform, you don't. You just wait for the okay. Okay. Once you have the uniform, okay, you're in. You're a player. When you don't, I mean, I'm I'm kind of me personally. I still feel comfortable, but I'm not just walking around all over the place. You're, you're trying now, to not be annoying, now, if you will, right? Then, yeah, yeah exactly. Which, which I'm sure everyone appreciates, and that's why you're still able to hang around most places. I stay out of the way. Exactly. I don't. I, don't, I rarely ask for anything to get signed. I don't push that. Right. I, of course, you want to get things signed. It's cool. Those little, those little extra things. But the, that's not what drives me. What no. drives me is yeah, knowing the guys go. Oh, there's Brody. He picks me up. Not like. Yeah. Oh, there's Brody. He's going to ask for a ball. Or right. <laughs> right, right, right. There's Brody. Now, that, that, all be, that all being said, how when you got the okay to actually get on one of the buses for the Cubs parade, how excited were you? Um, very excited. Yes, very excited. And as the I seventh know, largest I, I gathering of, of human thing. beings in, in history, <laughs> I know it's pretty cool, right? Five million people. It was, I've never, I mean, to be on that, you can see on some of my videos, I think they really do give it, they do give it justice. Yeah, yeah. And you could see the sea of people. And not only was it a sea of people, these are streets like you would normally walk down and like, wow, you know, Lake Michigan, you know, Michigan Avenue, just jam packed. I mean, for blocks of sea of people and they're all happy. I was going to say, the, the Cubs didn't have, there was, I heard no of no rioting of any kind uh, during Nothing. the parade, during the victory, uh, during any of it. It was just one of the, and not even in Cleveland either. It was like one of those perfect World Series. It went seven games, extra innings, a rain delay. It was dramatic. It got tied up. It was a perfect baseball game, and it just happened to go the Cubs' way, and it was awesome. And I, I just to even be able to watch it on TV, I felt, I was such a part of it that it was, uh, you know, it, very moving. <laughs> and, Brody, t- two questions. One, were you in Cleveland for Game 7? And then, two, yeah. when you went back to Chicago, when, at what point did you find out that you were even able to be a part of the parade? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't, like, part of the you, – you didn't go, oh, yeah, most likely I'll probably be a part of that, right? I mean, it, it had to come up in conversation. Um. Well, after the Cubs – so I flew out to Chicago. I was given the okay, Brody, come out here. Need your energy. On. So I got there for game three. Okay. I, did, I got there the day of game three. Did not go to game three. You know, that's a big one. The first game. That's crazy. You know, that's crazy history. Yeah. That was, right there. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't go to game three. Um, but I knew I'd go to one. Of, there was going to be. You know, two, maybe what, two or three games. So I was saying, I'm just going to be open minded, see what my friend gets me. See, what, he asked, Brazello asked me to come out there. So I figure he was somehow going to get me some kind of ticket. Now, players don't get free tickets, they, they have to pay. Right. They pay face value and or they get taxed on it. So it's not like, and they, and they only get a certain amount. So I'm, I'm not family and I, uh, you know, again, I don't ask for stuff, but Brazellos had come out and I'm thinking, OK, I'm going to go out there and leave myself open to what can happen. At least I want to be in the city while everything's going on. Yeah. Be kind of cool at the very least. So I get there and watch the game. They lose. 
And then he goes, okay, I can get you a ticket for uh, game four. I said, okay, I'll be there. So game four, I get the ticket and uh, I get it at the gate and I go in there. And I don't have a – normally when I go with the Cubs regular season, it's all done through the Cubs. You have a pass yeah. through the Cubs. Playoffs is all Major League Baseball. So the Cubs are not in charge of any kind of passes. And the passes for the playoffs are you got to have your photo on. It's like a whole security deal. Yeah. So I'm coming in there as a just a fan with a ticket, maybe in the family section. So I'm there. It comes to what it is. So game, they're down, what is it now, two games to one? Yeah. Yeah. Because game three. Now game four. Yeah. So I get there for game four. Yeah, game three it is. Game four I go to. So I get my ticket. And I'm in the crowd. It's like, okay, this is a World Series. Cool. A lot of people. I wish I, I see everybody down on the field, like all the media is a you know, huge media scrum. But I'm up in the stands and I walk around. This is at Wrigley. I walk around and I, I, I see like the MLB baseball guys. I see, you know, all the like some guys I may know. Just want to get down by the action. So the, but the ushers are blocking the aisle. Right. The further down you go, it's harder they were it letting is. people walk down. Sure. So I walked down by the Cubs bullpen almost. I was able to get right down there, and I see Kevin Millar, who is a MLB mm-hmm. TV I love Kevin guy. Millar. I love Kevin, Kevin Millar. Millar. Yeah, exactly. Now, Kevin Millar. He's awesome. Kevin Millar, I went to preschool with. Get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> So you guys don't understand all the connections. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful, So I went man. to preschool with Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar also got his big start in TV pretty much on the best damn sports show right. where I work. Yep. So you see that connection? Millar, uh, Brody, Tarzana, Pinecrest. So I have that connection with Millar. Now I go down by the field. I'm right there at the gate. And I knew the usher. He knew me. Reckon I, I met him a couple times. So Millar sees me. I go, Kevin, I'm, on the, I'm over here. I'm just a regular guy. So he walks over. <laughs> he was talking to Sebastian and Mark DeRosa. Yes, I saw a picture of I saw him talking that. to Sebastian. So I go, oh, I should be in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, I'm friends with everybody. So Millar comes over. He goes, he's with me. And he, showed, you know, he had the heavy-duty pass. He goes, I have access for everything. He's with me. So then Kevin Millar brings me in just over the fence on the, you know, on the field by the, the, by the uh, Cubs bullpen. Jesus. And I'm talking to Millar, talking to all the MLB guys, and then the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manford, he's right there like talking to me. Yeah, He's a nice guy. Yeah. So once I was in with Millar, and then here's the other thing, because I've been on MLB Network, you know, yep. uh, they knew my face. All the, all the talent guys knew me. And then Chris Rose. So I was like in a place where everybody knew me. But I didn't have a pass, and it wasn't – Nothing of that was planned out. That was all on me walking, seeing, going down there, having Millar say, you're in with me. So that all that right there. And then I got to take a photo with the uh, with the logo on the field because Nick, the head security, one of the heads, one of the security guys, he knows me and he always takes care of me. He says, yeah, wait, wait in a minute. They'll take the tarp off. So he's letting me do these photos and he's like a top security guy. Which was kind of cool, like you know, because security could easily go, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, right. No pass. Right. But since he knows me, that security guy's taking pictures for me. (laughs) That's how friendly Chicago is. You know, they get it. Oh, Brody's here. So I got, I got, you know, some pretty cool photos before the game. So then I went up, I watched the game, 
and uh, the Cubs lost. So now they're yeah. down three games to one. Yeah, that was that was hard. That was real okay. hard. Very hard. <clears throat> it's looking bad. So still maintaining hope, though. I was, I was, I believe they could win one more game. But least. what was it like there with those guys and being around? Depressing. That? It was okay. depressing. People were down. Um, the city because they they wanted to. They, the fans wanted to party. They wanted to. They wanted to win. They wanted to, you know, tie this thing up and yeah. let's party tonight and then get it tomorrow and then win one in Cleveland. That's yeah. kind of what the mindset was. But they were down in the streets. The cops were all out there, like to make sure everything was, you know, because if they won, everyone was going to be wild. So all these cops were out there, and the, they lost. Everyone was depressed. Um, I don't know if I'm going to game five. I got my game four. I was happy. If yeah. I got one game out of this to see a World Series at Wrigley Field, yeah, that's I'm the fu- fucking history. I'm fine with it. God. And so I had that opportunity. <clears throat> so the next day I'm thinking, all right, maybe I'll get a call for a ticket. Maybe I won't. And then one of my friends there who goes to all the games who had a ticket, he said, are you coming to the game? I go, I'm not sure yet. He says, well, come up anyway. I think I can get you in. So I headed up to the stadium without a ticket for game five. I already got my game four in. I got on the field. I'll watch the game on TV, see what happens, fly back on Friday. So I get to the game, and I see my buddy there, and he says, I'll, I'm going to try and get you in. And basically, I did get into the bleachers. And I, I don't want to get into specifics how I got in, but right, there were in. moments, there were a couple moments of me not being able to get in. And I was, it wasn't something that caught me off guard because the situation was supposed to be smooth and it wasn't smooth. Right. But because I stayed positive, I believe, and I was putting off good energy, I still got in. Yeah. So I'll put it to you that way. I got into the bleachers. Probably I got in on my own will. I got in on positive energy. I did not get in on a ticket handed to me. Go in. You're set. This is a little more um, energy. I I like I had to play it cool and I wasn't expected. It caught me off guard. So I I couldn't panic. I I mean, I, I, I had to like stay focused and it wasn't something I expected. I was they weren't going to go like, okay, you're going to go here. This is going to happen. They're going to say this to you, say this. This was uncharted waters I was right. going into. And I, I stayed because I'm prepared, because I'm a good guy, because I put out the positive energy. I was able, I think, to get through. So I got through, and then it was, uh, you know, game five. I'm there. They win. They win. People yeah, are they like, relieved. Oh, my God. People that was relieved, such a great game. Starting to yeah. dance in the street a little bit. You know, it was like, I was glad, I was happy to be there for that. Now, are you actually, um, other than going to the game, are you basically just chilling out, kind of wandering around? Are you hanging out with your friend at all? Is he too busy? And you're just kind of seeing him for like a couple seconds every time you're there, basically. Exactly. Too busy. I don't bug the guys during the playoffs. And so, and then from there, did you decide to go to Cleveland right away or did you not go to Cleveland? Well, here's the deal. So game, they won game five. People are dancing in the streets. They're like feeling relieved. We won, at least we won one. Yes, let's go to Cleveland and see what happens. See what happens. So I'm just thinking, you know, telling the guys, 
win game six and you know it's a reset you just got to win one yeah you don't even think about two. you just win one and it's a reset button that's all you don't think about winning two you yeah. really just have to win one and then it resets that's what i was thinking and i talked to my friend i go we should go to we should drive to cleveland like i was saying i should drive to cleveland and i was saying that i thought about it then i wasn't sure it's like i don't i don't know if i'm a ticket i don't know what the deal is right you know i i don't know but i was just saying that and then that night so i go i go back I go back home. Which you went I'll back go to back LA. To the hotel. I oh, go back oh, to okay, hotel. Okay. And then in Chicago. And then my friend Brazello says, Are you going to go to Cleveland? He like with a question mark. Are you going to go to Cleveland? I don't think he said you should go. He said, Are you going to go? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I can. <laughs> Basically, I said something like that. I can or I will. And so then I ride into that way. I had a, my, I had to, uh, you know, my flight was for Friday in the Cle and the, you know, there's just no, there's no guarantees on anything. Well, you know? no, yes. That's the thing is you have nothing set up there unless you know people in Cleveland, where are you staying? What are you doing? You know what I mean? That whole thing. None of that. I had no ticket, no place to stay. I had, um, you know, there was no, uh, it was just like leaving myself open to possibilities. Right. And it was hard, actually, booking the hotels. You know, you get the hotels, like, I got a rate for five days, but going to Cleveland, I had to, like, eat that the fifth day. You know, I didn't get, because I left. Right. So I, I rented a car, which I didn't expect. So I rented a car, found that, like, when they said, you're going to come, I go, yeah. So I rented a car. I found a hotel like the night before. I did this all like the day, the day before or night before. And then he said, I can get, you know, get you a ticket. So I'm just thinking game six, I'll get a ticket and see. I don't know about game seven. I may not get, that's a crazy game, but because my Brazello, he's like, you know, I, I leave him alone and he does his own thing. So sometimes you got to go like not knowing, right, you got to right. be open to like last minute changes. So, so now I got the rental car, and I, I I got a hotel near the Cleveland near the near the airport, okay, uh, in Cleveland. So it's like you know twenty minutes away, yeah, thirty minutes away. So I go get the uh, so I got the hotel. No, I'm going to Game Six. Got the rental car. So I drive to Cleveland, and then halfway to Cleveland, I get a call from Priceline. And they tell me that my hotel room that I that I got is uh, overbooked because of construction. Oh. So they go, you can't stay there, and we're, we have to. I'm driving now, you know, and I got <laughs> yeah. limited time. Yeah. I have no time to like pull over. And I got this Bluetooth in. Somehow I figured it out. He can hear me, <laughs> and you know, as perception can go, I can things can go wrong on this Bluetooth. So he's staying with me. I'm staying with him. And he says we can, you know, we're gonna we'll look for a. Uh, you know, a similar room. And he says, there any preference where you want to stay? So he's like starting the search over. I go, is there anything downtown? <laughs> that's what I said. Cause Bold that's where question. I wanted to Bold stay. Question. But the rates were all like, <clears throat> you know, expensive, 400 yeah. bucks, 500 oh, bucks. Easily. Yeah. So, but he says, okay, I'll look one bedroom. He says, I found something in the Hilton. Uh, it's it's four stars. He was basically saying it's nicer. Take it. This is a nicer hotel. Cause I was asking him, is it Okay. And I was like being nice, and he goes, "Yes." And let me double check and see if it's available. So he checked again; it is available. 
And then he said, because you're being such a patient with us and a nice guy, Priceline, we're going to pay for your hotel. Come Get on. The fuck out Come of on. Here. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. So he pays for the hotel. Dude, I'm I telling didn't, you this whole. Maybe because I was being a nice guy, staying calm. Series staying, of destiny. You know, focused. And so it's the Hilton right there down. He's at downtown Cleveland. I know it's not that big downtown. So I knew it was like fine. So this is right there. So he paid for it. So now I'm driving straight into the to the hotel as opposed to the hotel by the airport and then Uber in right. or, or You'd something like that. Be able to walk like to the stadium pretty much and and absorb so the I energy of what's going on out there too. You just you can wander around, right? Like you can freely experience it. Well, yeah, I get there, I get to the hotel now, I take a quick nap, shower, and I walk to the stadium, and it's yes, it's Cub, all like Cubs hat on Indians. It's all Indian fans. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of Cub fans. Don't get me wrong. But it's the Indians party. Right. Did you have a Cubs hat on? Mm, you were wearing that America hat, right? I wore an America hat. I may have worn the Cubs hat once. I'm okay. not sure. You know, you didn't feel bad. It didn't feel dangerous. Like no, there, right, there right. plenty of Cub fans. Yeah. But it's definitely more Indian fans. Yeah. So walking through there, like, you could, the flats down there, where they have all the, the hangouts, and it was packed. But I kind of avoided it and went to the stadium and, uh, just walked around and soaked it all in. People were happy. It was exciting. And I was just, you know, again, I, I just want to get my hands on my ticket. I, I can't <laughs> relax and go yeah. physically holding a ticket. Yeah. You know? right. <clears throat> so I get my ticket and then I can relax. And then um, I go into the stadium and uh, for game six and I soak it all in. And then I go to the bullpen and watch, watch the guys warm up. I make eye contact with all the, you know, the, the catcher, sometimes the pitchers, Borzello. It's like, they like having me down there. Here's Brody. Yes. Come down to the bullpen. So I did that for, uh, you know, game six, they win game six. Yeah, they did. <laughs> How I, I forget, you know, it's a blowout. They win yeah. game six. So then I go back. After game six, I'd go back to the hotel. Do you even have, Did you get the hotel for multiple nights, or was it one, one night at a time? One night. I got it for one night. So when I checked in, I took a shower and then went to the stadium. So this is game six. So I, I had to get a hotel. Okay, so I got the hotel maybe that day. So you know, I had the one night. So I get there for game six, shower, go to the game. Game ends. I go back to the... I go back to the the West End where everyone's hanging out. Right. I go back to the team hotel, which is like a block from the Hilton. Hang out there, see Brazello, see all the guys, and then Brazello says, "Yeah, I got you for Game Seven. <sighs> you're in." So now I know that I'm in for seven. He told me right there, "You're in." They were all excited. The players see me, David Ross. Yes, yes. He likes the energy. <laughs> see the guys. And then, so I'm there to like 2.30 in the morning. People are just hanging out, talking to Trevor Cahill. And, you know, they're just talking inside baseball stuff. This is where I pick up all my, you know, my baseball information, these conversations between the players. And you listen and you start to understand all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. So it's kind of cool, you know, having that kind of stuff, being around it. So then I go back to the hotel. I, I, um, and I think that when I, went, when I went back, I looked for my hotel the next day. So I did find a hotel. Still downtown? Or did you no, have to go a little farther this away? this one was back out by the airport, uh, okay. near the airport, a red roof in. So I got the hotel. So I knew after game seven, I had a place to go. 
it wasn't like, where am I going to go? So I go, we got game seven. I've got my hotel ready out in um, Westlake, which is like 15. And I looked on Google Maps, like 15 minutes away. It's not that far. And so I get up that morning, morning of game seven. Because I'm downtown, I go, I'm going to walk to Starbucks at the hotel. I know that the player's hotel up the street, they have a Starbucks. So I'm going to go get a Starbucks, and maybe I'll run into the players. I don't know. So I go there like at 11. I go in the hotel. Who's there? There's Brazello. There's <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. Oh my God. There's Jake Arietta. There's Grimm. There's Madden. And before I walked in, I see, you know, I see the owner, uh, Tom Ricketts, out on the street. Gives me a hug. So you feeling? I go, yeah. So, and then the head guy who runs all the purse strings, uh, Crane Casey. So, uh, you, you know, you, they see your face. You know, part of it is like investing your time, letting them see your face. So Tom Ricketts sees me all over the place. Oh, I see him here. I see Brody there. I see Brody there. Then you're like, you're in with that. Yep. So then I see him, give him a hug. He gives me a hug. Then I go into Starbucks and I'm talking to Arietta. He's all excited. They won last night. And then he says to me, he says, yeah, I saw you down in the bullpen. He like, it's funny. Like he saw me as he's getting <laughs> ready for game six. So I talked to him and I talked to Joe Madden. It was nice. And then, uh, so then I go back to, uh, you know, get my car out of the rent, out of the uh, valet at my hotel. Then I drive out 15 minutes to my red roof Inn. And I check in there, and there's Cub fans there. It's like a lot of Cub fans are coming in from Chicago for Game Seven, right? Because it sounded yeah, like it, it, it like on TV. It's coming. so so on TV. It sounded like it was 50 percent Cubs fans in that Game Seven. Is that what it sounded like in, in reality like too? 60 40. I'd say 60 per, 60 Indians, 40 Cubs. Okay, because they, they were loud. Those that 40 percent was loud when when it, they it were sounded, loud. They were loud. That's crazy. They were loud. So. They, um, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. So I, so now here's the deal. So now, <sighs> keep walking here. So I'm walking on the street. So yeah. now I, I go, I draw. Okay. So now I'm in the, at the hotel, a red roof in, I shower, I go, I do a periscope and I just, and, and I say, I'm going to wear my Jersey because I got a Jersey for doing comedy. They gave me a, a Brody Stevens real Cubs jersey. Oh, nice. And I go, I'm going to wear this tonight, Fuck number 44. Yes. So I find, I put it on. You know, my Periscope fans told me to do it. So now I'm wearing the Brody jersey, Stevens, Brody Stevens, 44. I'm there with the team. And uh, go to the bullpen, do all the things, the eye contact, what, being a part of it. And... I mean, you saw the game Dude. going to another time. It was crazy the game. The greatest game seven in base. I mean, what other game sevens have been that good? Like, I, I it was none. It was in. It was. It was the greatest baseball game I've ever watched. Yeah, and I was there, and it was like I. I went up to my regular seats. I was like up higher for this one. I was uh -huh. in the upper family section, but and I'm there and. You know, you get regular people in there also. And I, I just, after an inning or two, it's like I didn't want to be in there. People high-fiving each other. It's like I needed my own space. Yeah. So I kind of wander around. I can't sit still. I pace. Yeah. And I also, like I said, just didn't want to be around high-fiving strangers. I wasn't, I, I didn't want to be, I them to affect my energy at all. Yeah. So, and plus I wanted to go out the bullpen and, and peek. And, you know, game seven, I got to be out the bullpen checking, you know, get my last looks in with the yeah, guy whatever you've been doing keep doing it don't <laughs> stop now jesus 
Exactly. So I kept, I'd go to the bullpen. I talk to the guys and I'd walk around and I just and I then I'd uh, you know see people. Cub fans are up, they're down. Indian fans up, down, and then. I mean, when they hit that home run, that uh, that that's Rajay Davis. I've never been around that kind of noise. The explosion—it was almost violent. Wow! The explosive noise coming from the Indian fans—they were like falling over each other on the ground. The ushers, the—I mean, it was—it was almost scary. Wow! That's how much of a burst they let out. It was in sane wow. and I, that, that was a point to go it ain't looking good like right there it was yeah bad. I mean, you, could, you could feel that through the tv it was like it was the it was the maddest i'd been the whole series that the chapman was in that he gave up that home run i was just angry oh i was so mad you're thinking like what's he doing yeah what's going on here yeah in my head i'm yelling i'm on. yelling i cannot be a smarter baseball manager than, than joe Matt. that's not possible like <laughs> i can't be right about this that's just not possible <laughs> and i was so i felt like i was totally right it was really bizarre when, they, when you saw the moves happening people were getting nervous oh like, dude because again you hear conversations you know stuff and it's like i don't like it yeah so that home run happened and then also when the Cubs didn't score in the ninth inning, that was another time they go, oh, they're going to score. You yeah. just felt like the Indians were going to score. Yeah. And then they, uh, you know, they didn't score, and then the Cubs did. And it was, it was surreal. It was crazy. Now, looking back on it, here's a couple things. A couple things. I, I, didn't, I didn't come to party. I didn't, I didn't come to Chicago to hang out with the celebrities right. and party. Right. Even party with the players and get the the best selfie moment ever. You know, it wasn't my goal. My goal was for the Cubs to do everything I could do to help the Cubs win. Me taking a great selfie with somebody is not helping them. No. Me going out and partying with guys like celebrities after celebrating I'm talking about before they won celebrating what yeah yeah I, I don't know what people I, I was like we should not be jumping up and down until the end of game seven right I mean it's good to be excited that's what I sports mean, is but there people for people are partying they wanted to party after game five mm -hmm. yeah guys are part like like look I'm not knocking Bill Murray of course Bill Murray's a super fan Bill Murray is like a higher level. He's like number yeah. one. Yes. He's a fan, and then he's also like a part of the team. Right. Then you've got, you know, then you've got Eddie Vedder, who's like right there with him. Yeah. Lead singer of Pearl Jam. He's not a, he's not around as long as as Bill Murray, but, but the same kind of thing. Yeah. Those guys don't work out with the team. They don't throw the bullpens. They're not going on the road to Oakland. They're not going to spring training road trips. So it's a different kind of my – I'm just saying that Yeah. I have a different role. As much as I would, that's fun and you'd like to be like Bill Murray or Eddie Vedder, <laughs> Fucking right, I, <laughs> I know that the players probably appreciate me a little more. They, I they do benefit, a little more. They benefit from you. That's what I'm you. getting at. They benefit from you. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. get excited. It's cool for Bill Murray. Right, right, right. I'm but not I, knocking them. No, not no. Not in any way. I'm just saying, like, I couldn't party like that. I wasn't allowed to. Players weren't there. So as long as the players, you know, weren't partying after game five, I wasn't going to do it. Right. 
Now, I know Theo and all those guys were there. There were players, with, but that wasn't, you know, that's not my role. Your role is you know, coffee. You're coffee in the morning guy. Your eye contact I know what coffee my role in the morning is. guy. Spring training and regular season. <laughs> right. If they need, they need a late season positive push, which is what they did need apparently. And if they need a playoff positive push, and apparently they needed that. Yes, they did. I was there because I didn't go to the games at Dodger Stadium. I left them alone. I didn't go to San Francisco. I'm not asking for tickets. I'm not saying can I hang out, but I left my calendar open. Yeah. Knowing if there's a chance, I'll jump on it. Yeah. You've got you've got Brody. Is it ex- not- Hey Brody, is it extra special in any way shape or form because like let's use um Davis Ross as an example. When he when he hits that home run, does it do you feel like something extra special because it's somebody you also know? When that when something like that happens, of course, or, okay, of course, knowing that David Ross knows me, knowing that David Ross is channeled into kind of you know yes pushing you know that sort of stuff, yeah, and then to know that when I did my comedy show at the Improv back in August, David Ross came to the show, you know, little things like that, like oh he came out to my show, and then I see him and he quotes me, yes, you got it, you know, so you do feel good about something like that quick real quick about david ross do you th- don't you think he should immediately be hired by the cubs as like a coach like a like a bullpen guy or a bullpen catcher or a catcher's coach or something that should he should just still be around that team all the time um you know it's up to him i don't know uh, uh I just i'm not 100 like percent sure he's retiring but i think he is oh and uh i don't know i think it's probably too soon i think he just wants to hang out with his family yeah but he'll always have, you know, he's he's a Cub legend. Oh, you know, they, anybody on this team, anybody that had anything to do with this World Series, including yourself, is forever going to be remembered by the Chicago fan base for sure. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think I added to? The, I impacted the team. I absolutely do, Brody. I think that what you, your whole connection with them, and your general attitude, and your knowledge of the game, and the fact that you're not a hanger-on. And you're not a guy who's there for a promotional selfie or to gain more Twitter followers or whatever. You're there because your your friend, this kid you grew up with, is now his job is with that team. And like you said, he's a winner. He's been around it his whole life. You've been around him. I think that just perpetu- winning perpetuates winning. I think um, positive attitudes perpetuate positive attitudes. I think you know that's I mean, and that's one reason why I share this on social media. It's not to gloat. It's no, not to it's, brag. It's it's to show. I mean, even throughout the, you know, throughout the season, it's just to show, like, hey, being positive, and having certain, you know, work ethic, and a backbone. That that kind of it 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 can pay off. Yeah. And I'm yeah. also saying, like baseball, I try to share because I do. I work in show business. I mean, I used to. So I'm trying to I'm trying to you know show people like this is what I tried to bring to TV shows my personality here it's embraced in baseball and it's winning and look how happy people are yeah. but I can't get any kind of job on a TV show you know yeah. because I'm too volatile I'm too loud people just don't get me you know so it's like that's why it's validating to me for everybody 
who is because I'm just doing the same thing I do with the Cubs that I do with, and, and I and I'm not I know how to adjust. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is for me as a performer, it's like I'm getting laughs on stage. At the end of the day, I say I'm a baseball guy, I'm a pitcher of my heart, but I'm also a stand-up comedian. Yep. So as long as I can get on stage. You know, things have changed now. It's like an election day. I don't know what this is going to air, but, uh, you know, I can't get a feel completely for the uh, a temperature for the society yet. No, so I haven't been on too, stage. It's too fresh. Right, yeah. too fresh. Too fresh. <laughs> but I would always say, you know, let my comedy be kind of a, uh, a barometer for things. Like, I'm getting laughs. I'm not up there spouting out. I'm getting laughs off positive messages. That's a good thing right now. (laughs) A very good thing right now more than ever. And I'm showing people, like, the reason, look, look, I was positive. I'm not negative. I don't, the things that I used in baseball to be successful, to take baseball as far as I could go, to take things as far as I can go, I'm I'm just sharing them with people. And the negative vibe that a lot of people have that, that's not around winning cultures. No. I'm trying to tell people that when you go F this guy or F her, or F that, or this is the worst, or this is like death, these extreme words, I'm going, those words don't inspire people. They actually bring people down and you don't get a good result out of it. No. And you know what? John brought up something really important early on. I think before you called about, One of the cool things about the World Series, which was a great relief in an election year anyway, was the fact that you had there. There was no bad guy in the World Series. Does that make sense? Like there was no Joaquin Andahar where you had to hate him and he and the enemy must must lose today. There were two teams that were were fun to watch. The Indians were having fun. The Cubs later had fun. I think they were a little bit they were a little bit nervous early on. But it was like it wasn't about that. It was about, you know, really just two high energy positive teams going at it and really appreciating the moment they were in and that was what made it even more exciting and, the and appreciated even more and the indians aren't because losers. you hot, you you bring in that's where you look at the theo epsteins you look at the uh the managers uh terry francona yes. joe madden yes and the guys who run the indians you bring in you know the right kind of people too you 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 character guys starts at the you, top you, you look them in their eye and you want to be a part of this organization because when you're with the Cubs, you're you're especially now, you're embraced by the city. You're out in the organization. You're out there. You're not living out in the suburbs. Right, They're right. on you. Yeah. And you're involved in the community, and that's why, you know, it's important that you you be, you know, personality matters. You can't really bring these guys in or like really. Negative types. Yeah, it can it can it's it can be poisonous. So you did you so after the game after the Cubs won the World Series, did you just hightail it back to the Red Roof Inn for the night, or did you actually well, stick around experience it? Like how did how did you end up? I guess here's my question. So, I'll let you I'll, I'll let you talk. Is how did it how did from your experience from Game Seven, the end of Game Seven, to all of a sudden ending up on a bus, uh, driving through and seeing a sea well, of five million of people? Sudden, see, Brian, it's not all of a sudden. All right. <laughs> That's my point. All right, here we go. It's it's never all of a sudden. Over years. These things, there's foundations. So Gary from Priceline calls you. He calls you back. So here's the deal, how I knew. This is when I found out about parade possibilities. Um, So game, before game six. So game five happened. 
They won. Now they're flying to they're flying to Cleveland, right on yeah. for game six. They're a day off. They're flying to Cleveland. I get a I get a text from Peter Chase, who's the Cubs media guy. He's the one who kind of he's a point person for me. He handles all of the media. He's a very he wore, he's a high end great worker, good guy. Mm-hmm. So he texts me. And goes, where are you? I go, I'm down at Starbucks downtown. He says, I'm at Murphy's. Come up here. Murphy's is the bar right outside, uh, you know, the bleachers, Murphy's bleachers. Yeah. So I go, I'll take the, I'll take the train up. And he goes, then he's just like, hurry up, like get up here. (laughs) So I I look, I go, you know what? Uber's quicker. So I get our cab, took the cab, took Uber, get there. Peter's a little, he's there. He was one of the guys who was celebrating. So there were people, non-players, non-coaches, staff guys who were celebrating the game five victory. They, right. you know, they wanted to go back to Cleveland, like least let's win a game. Here. Yeah. So they they were in, in that mode. I wasn't. Remember, after the game, they won. I walked back with a, I, I ran into a, a coaching uh, one of the video guys, and I walked back with him, and we were talking about, you know, maybe I should go to Chicago. I think I can probably get, if you get to Chicago, I mean, Cleveland, if you get to Cleveland, I think I can get you a ticket, but just come out there. So he kind of like encouraged me to go. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. So that, so the next day, so they're flying to Cleveland. I get, uh, Peter says, come up here. So I come up, Peter's drunk, drunk. He's celebrating. And they got to go, I got to go on a plane to go. I got to do a press report. You know, they're just having a, Peter's he's an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. So he says, we're going to go to Cleveland. We're going to win game six. We're going to win game seven. And you're going to be on the parade. I go, what? <laughs> he says, you'll be on the float. Of course. So right there, he told me I'd be on the float. So he did say that. I So I knew at that point, if the Cubs win, I'm going to be in the World Series parade. That's awesome. So I was told that right there. Again, no guarantees. Right, Nothing's right. guaranteed. Especially when he's all hammered. And you, don't, you have no idea. <laughs> and there's still you two games to be played. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. That's the beauty but of baseball. But he said, so I took that, put that in my back pocket, said I'm going to get to Cleveland, I'm going to get to Cleveland, see what happens, and push it through. I've been asked to go. I can go. I am going to go. And I went. So game so, so, I, so, so, so I, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I do the six and seven. Game seven ends. Now, I'm not in. I was sitting upstairs, like in a higher end, you know, extended family section. Okay. So the players where they were like the the wives and the close family, they were down in the good seats behind, you know, the dugout where I sat the night before. Right. Nice. So I'm walking around the stadium, and I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe if I get into the family section that last inning, I can walk down with the team, like the, the go down with the family. I used to do that with the, with the Yankees. I okay. used to go where the families would go. Okay. And I'd be in the hallway or this and that. You know, they all, all, they all knew me. The Cubs haven't really done a lot of the family traveling stuff, even though I know James, the security guy. But they were all people were getting wristbands. I wasn't in that section. So, and then I got I got a, a text from Brazello's sister, 
I don't know if it was his sister or his wife, something about, hey, come down to the family section, 151. So I saw something like come down to the family section. And I went down there, but there's too much security going on. Right. And I was saying, you know what? Let me focus on the game. I don't trust anything. Yeah. I just got to focus on this game. It's in, I, 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 I can't shift my energy. Me, Brody. I'm not Eddie Vedder. I'm not Bill Murray. I have to stay focused on a certain thing. So, and I couldn't find the text or the email. I thought I saw it. So I didn't go in that section. Cubs win. Everybody goes nuts. I, I just kind of take a step back and soak it all in. So knowing, knowing that they won, all that other stuff, we can talk about it another time. They won, they won, they won. It's game seven. I mean, everyone's running on the field, media. And, yeah, I want to go down there. I want to <laughs> be in that, around that. But I also know that, you know, I didn't have a pass. To, it wasn't arranged. They did win. My goal was for the, the Cubs to win. My goal was not to be on the field celebrating with them. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My goal was not. My goal was to help the Cubs win, not be on the field. I didn't have right. visions of celebrating on the field with the Cubs. Right. Right. That was not in my vision, and that was not my goal. My goal was to help the Cubs win and then i also knew hey if they win i'm gonna get a chance to be in the parade, in the I mean, parade. it seems that way it wasn't like hey you win come on the field and celebrate with us right we're gonna win and do the parade so that was in my mind it wasn't win party on the field parade it was win and parade that's where my mind was at so you know they win it's a madhouse down there. I just, you know, look out at everything, walk around the stadium, and the Cub fans, you know, probably like 20,000 20, were just hanging out in the stadium. And the, and the Indians let everybody stay. Yeah. yeah. So to like 2 a.m. Oh, cool. Wow. So 2 o'clock, because the game ended like a little after midnight. That's right. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was late. They let the Indians just let everybody leave alone to like 2 a.m. Then they say, okay, you got to start exiting. And it's raining. And the Cubs fans, they're just in a daze. Oh, yeah, man. I mean. You see them walking around. They're like cheering, but they're also just. Can you believe this just happened? What's happened? This yeah. game. The weather. Where am I? Yeah. Oh, man. Everything. So. God, it's a long podcast. <laughs> But it's good for me to get this off my chest, and then I can, you know, share my stories. Yeah, the more I tell the story, it fleshes out. We're loving it, man. This is, I mean, this is firsthand experience. This is a detailed trip through one of the greatest World Series of all time. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know, I mean, also the historical nature of what you were involved into is right. It was history. So, so in closure, so you did not go on the field in Game Seven. I did not. Okay. Looking back on it, I probably could have. Okay. Looking back pushed, on it, yeah. I probably could have been on the field. What would that have gotten me? Maybe closer in or I, I mean, I wasn't going to jump in the pile. No. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> probably could have been down there in one way or another. And you did but, not go in the locker room or any of that kind of stuff either. No, and okay. I knew the locker room. Looking back on that, everyone said it was like you couldn't even move around. Oh, okay. it, was not, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah. 
again. Not while you were there. Yes. That would have been cool to be a part of. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's one of my, if you want to call it a regret, right? maybe it was because I couldn't find, you know, I would have been there with Brazello's sister. Yeah. But I didn't have the pass. Yeah. So I didn't push that. And it wasn't, that wasn't my deal. You know, that's the thing with like I, my, the baseball, you take calculated risks. I didn't feel this was a time to take a calculated risk. No, especially in you. hindsight now, knowing that you were a part of the parade. And let me ask you this in respect to the parade. So obviously you find your way back to Chicago. The parade, does it, do, does parade starts at Wrigley Field so that you, that you have to meet up with everybody at Wrigley Field? Is that how that all? Yeah. So, all right. So they win the game. The next, I go back to the Red Roof Inn. I sleep until like 12. I check out. I know it's, you know, like five, six, five and a half hours to get back to Chicago. So I'm, I, my goal is, on my way back to Chicago, is, one, I need to drop off the car by 8 o'clock, I think it was, or 7 o'clock, downtown at the bus, at the Avis rental car. Then I also had, now I knew that the, we, on the way back, I found out that the parade was going to be on Friday. Right. You know, nobody knew they thought it was going to be on Monday, maybe. Yeah. My flight to go home is on Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. At 5 o'clock. So my flight is for 5, and I'm driving back, and I go. So I find we find out, like, once I started going, that the parade's on Friday. My flight's on Friday. I don't have a hotel room. But I know I got invited to the parade, and I need to do that parade. I need to make myself available for that. So I'm going to either, you know – got to do something about my plane ticket. But I was also driving. I had like no, you know, no time. Checking the car at 8, and then Brazello said be up at near Wrigley Field at one of their uh, bars at 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock. So that, I get that there. Night? That night? You're talking about that night? That no, night. Thursday night. So Okay. Yes, Thursday night. So I, I get back into Chicago. I drop off the rental car, drop it off. And on the way, I, I got another hotel. Yes, I got a hotel at the, at the Hyatt downtown they had it for a decent rate so now i got a hotel through monday oh, okay so now i'm there through monday and I, the parade's on friday so i figure i'll stay around for the weekend soak it all in maybe some more stuff is going to happen who knows but now i got a place to stay tonight tomorrow through monday and i've dropped off the rental car so i don't have that and then Brazello says, meet us up there. So I go up there and, you know, it's informal thing where everyone's there. And then Peter gets there and he's basically saying to people, get to Wrigley by, you know, 830 in the morning. We're going to open at nine, meet everybody at 830. So I'm in on that. He said, OK, there it is. you're in. So Confirm. I get, up, get this. So I, I go back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I go. Everyone's drunk. Drunk, <laughs> buzz, but not bad. I barely get drunk anymore. Right. And I, you know, get up early, like at six o'clock in the morning. Some, I, I don't want to, there, there's a parade. Like, I don't want to chance it yeah. in terms of traffic and everything. So I get up early, shower, and at like 7 30, I Ubered up. It says, just take a half hour. And you see, start people coming up out on the streets. And we get there and they drop you off like, you can't get to Wrigley. Yeah, it's barricaded it's... off, which I knew it would be. Right. And you could walk. So I get there, and it's like, okay, he drops me off. And then I walk for, like, 15 minutes, and I get to, like, 
one of the entrances. And now the crowds are just filling up. And the cops won't really let you through. They, they want to see ID. I go, I'm here with the parade. He goes, I got to see ID. I go, I'm here with the coach. He told me to meet him here. I can't let you in. I go, oh, so I'm starting to stress. I can't get in. The crowd's mounting. So then I go to a security guy for the Cubs. I say, look, I'm with the, uh, I'm here. I was told. Um, and it's just a crazy scene. I'm on yeah. the opposite end of the stadium, like in the right field corner. Normally they go in on the left field corner. That's where the main area is. But I was in the right field corner. Because you just kind of went where the crowd was going. It was all blocked off. Yeah. So I talked to the security guy. I can't let you in. I don't, you don't have a pad. What do you do? And no, they weren't being jerks. No, they just right. said, I they can't were... do it. I can't do it. So I call Peter, and I, 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 he picked up, and I said, Peter, I'm, they won't let me in. Is there any way I can get in? Can you, like, talk to somebody? And he said, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, I'm not going to get into the parade. I'm going to be trapped. Yep. I'm going to be trapped. And I knew I had other guys like I could call, but, again, it was like, it's a craziness. Like, uh, you know, you know, everything, nobody knows what's going on. So – I'm there, and then, like, after, like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the security guard, I see a guy that I know, Jeff. He works for the Cubs. This is, like, a huge, you know, thousands of people out in the street. Right. You know, there's a million different entrances, and he's coming there. I see him. I go, Jeff, I can't get in. I go in with you. And he was at the party the night before. You know, you, you see the face. And I know yeah. him not super well, but he likes comedy. I always talk to him. He works for the team, the players, and some other stuff. So I basically just held on to him and the guards, <laughs> yeah, you're with him. So now I'm walked in with Jeff yes. and his two friends. Now we're in Wrigley Field. I can relax. So then I'm in and then I see Peter and then I'm still not relaxed until I get a wristband. Right. And they tell me, okay, you're on the bus. When I could relax was when I got on the bus. When like, you're actually okay, on a bus. Now you're set. So then, so I, you know, I, there, you know, it just shows you about persistence and lead, you, I had, to, there was no guarantees. There was no guarantees. This is an investment. I took risks and believe me, there were roadblocks yeah. along the way that would have changed history if it turned out uh, differently. Yeah. But I got into the game. I got into game five. I got into the parade. I drove to Cleveland, I got the see when I got the hotel room changed. That gave then I go see the players. I'm not out in the I'm not out in the boondocks. Right. I'm near the action. So and, and so, it's just one. If I decided like, hey, I'm going to go out and get to the get to the hotel early, and then shower, go to Starbucks, then come to the game. Instead, I say I'm going to stay here first. Yeah. And when I walked to the hotel and I saw the owner. And I saw Brazello, and I saw Joe Madden, and I saw Arietta, and I saw Justin Grimm. You talk to the guys, you're back in them. Yeah. So my message to people, if you really want to be a part of something, you've got to invest. You've got to put your time in. Your your it's money, it's time, it's a lot of stuff. And you create some of your luck and you hope for the best. And it's not for everybody. This no. is not about making money. This is not about having kids. This is not about having a loving relationship. <laughs> this is about winning 
and that was my goal. It's about spending and a lot of money on hotel rooms to participate. You don't look at it. I also <laughs> know that indirectly down the road, hopefully that I am inspiring people and sharing my message on how I helped the Chicago Cubs push through. I honestly feel like, you know, baseball, you got to be tough. You know, it's not, it's, it's not about being nice. It's about winning, making the tough decisions, having fun and caring. Yeah. So I feel like Chicago, it's a very happy town. We do improv. We're nice. Oh, shucks. This and that. That's not how you win baseball games. <laughs> right. You know, how you win baseball games yeah. by being smart, caring, putting the time in blue collar values. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. And that's what I tried to tell people all along. Things don't get done in a too friendly of an environment. You have to be tough. You have to put you not, not saying you put fear into people, but you show people this is how we do it. You don't need to be scared. You can do it. It yeah. takes energy. It takes positivity. Are you afraid of positivity? Then we don't want you. Right. So I, I tried to show people along the way, like, look at me, a guy from Reseda who drove a Pinto who can't work in Hollywood anymore, somehow I got in the parade with the Chicago Cubs. Based off what? Buying my way in? Did I win a contest? No. <laughs> no. I freaking put my energy out. I, I, It was a grind for me, and now I have a story to tell. Yeah. And I also feel like I have a story to tell. I had some great photos. I had a great experience. And I also, like I said, it, it shows you what it take? Look at look at Chicago. How happy they are! Look at the crowds that came out. Look at the families. Look at all the goodness. Again, that comes from structure, yeah. rules, respect for authority. So, you're allowed to have flair. Look at the Cubs. They have flair. They do things different. Joe Madden he mixes things up. But within that, you need to have structure, and that's what Theo Epstein did. He did it in Boston. And he did it in Chicago. Yeah. You take some brains and you take it a little bit of a, you know, tough love. People don't want the tough love. Yeah. They, they don't. You're not supposed to talk to me that way. Negative energy is not allowed in winning Major League Baseball environments. That's what I try to tell people. You know, when I worked at Chelsea lately, I brought positive energy. I can't tell you how many comedians bought condominiums and homes based off my positive energy. Same thing with Best Damn Sports Show. Nobody believed in that show. I did. Yeah. I pushed it every day. And now people look back on that show and they speak pretty fondly of it. And they don't understand that I was pushing every day. You know, I did the same thing. I pushed at midnight. And then it became not fun. You know, you started getting pushed back. Right. And same thing at a couple other shows. I got, I would get pushed back not only from like, low life audience members, but also, you know, some of these, you know, a stage manager and it became not fun for me. So. Well, it's almost kind of this, it's almost like this experience has been a good uh, relief to, um, and, and there, there is definitely something weird going on in the business right now. I'd be the first to agree with you, um, in respects to, I, I think, um, the, the negativity, but I think it's also kind of like in society, there's a weird negativity. You also see it on, on, on social media as well. And I think you brought that up earlier. And that's why I think like, 
this whole experience that you had with the with the Cubs and um, and how you shared it. I mean, that's how I know about it because you were sharing it. I was like, I was so stoked. And I did happen. I did record the parade, by the way, Brody. And and after I saw um, your your, I believe it was a it was either Facebook Live or a, a Periscope. And then I went through and and sure sure enough, there it was. It's I freeze frame. I turned to my wife. I'm like, yep, there he is on the bus. So you got me on the you got me on video. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it on WGN. Yeah, I recorded it. it. Was a, it was a replay on MLB Network. And sure enough, I paused it, and there you were. Just I've been watching Cubs games that were like in I can't remember where it was, but I felt like it was Pittsburgh, and it was like. They're scanning the crowd, and then they go up onto the jumbotron with the camera, and they go up to the jumbotron, and there's Brody <laughs> wearing like yeah. a Cubs hat with like another guy with a huge beard, and he's just like hanging out on the jumbotron. And I was like, I bet the Cubs. Wait, win were you this at the game. game? No, I was at home watching on TV, <laughs> and, and they showed it on WGN. They, no, it wasn't WGN. I have, uh, I have, I have the um, MLB uh, network package or whatever. So I was watching it through like Lennon, Lennon, Bob, Lennon, Bob were doing the game, but um, right. I don't think it was WGN necessarily. It was like either sport, Comcast Net or something like that. Right. Yeah. So they 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 on the TV they yeah. were showing. I, I think I I, mean, I paused I it. I paused yet. it and took a picture of it and was like, oh, nothing like seeing Brody Stevens pop up <laughs> on the jumbotron at a Cubs game that's not even in Chicago <laughs> or LA. Like it was just some random place. No, I think it was actually in the, at Wrigley. I don't oh, know. Was I Wrig- did oh. some at Wrigley and I was on the jumbotron. Oh, okay. So. I felt like it was but, somewhere else. Yeah. 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 You know, it was just. And it's not about gloating. It's just look. Stop. And uh, to be honest, it was kind of for me. I circled on my calendar November. I go. I'm going to push the Cubs through, and I need to see the how this election turns out. I'm going to be honest with you. That's all I was focusing on was right. the Cubs and the election. That's yeah. it. I kind of. I don't. I'm not doing shows. I'm not. I was that was my energy. Yeah, my initial because I knew what the Cubs were doing was good and I can tell yeah, like it was Chicago special. wanted it. The people of Chicago wanted this. And he said, you know, you're gonna get it and that's get it. And that team deserved believing it. Yeah. and being positive and yeah. not you know, the Cub fans, they want to be negative. You can feel a, like two strikes. They're, 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 yeah. They get an out. Yeah, it's hard. And they got all yeah. sad. Yeah. I go, you can't get sad. You can't be soft. You can't be. No. And they fought back. Yeah, this team. Fought. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. What I was going to say was this team, and I, you know it because you saw it firsthand, they, I think, forever changed the culture of a Cubs fan. Because there, there was that, like, you could always feel like almost the like first that's, mistake and we were done. And it, and it sucks the air out of the room like a bad joke yeah, in the original room at the comedy store. It huh. just sucks it away. And, and I just feel like this team was brought in. And this organization, to collectively, these people this team were brought in to together. change. But they changed the culture yeah. of that city and the perception of the Cubs. And, and it's okay to have two outs because you can still come back. Yeah, it's okay if you to be stay down in the, the game. Yeah, the ninth, exactly. You can still come back. It was, it was it was an interesting teaching lesson. And and the fact that you were able to share um, the personal experience, I'm glad. I'm glad I caught that. I, I don't I don't spend as much time on social media as I used to. So I was glad that I caught. Some of the thing was on Instagram. Some of the stuff that you that you posted on there, and I was like, I told Huck, I'm like, we got to get him on the show because he can share a firsthand experience of that. And and you did, man. That was awesome. I really appreciate the story you shared. Yeah, thank you, Brody. That was My great. pleasure. My, that was great. you know, again, yeah. Those are. I'm being honest. That's where that's where it comes from. It comes from the blue collar baseball valley push. You know, having a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. 
our shoulder. You know, Brazella and I, we always talk about the Valley. So yeah. we had that. I'm telling you, there's, some, there's something to that. And it, that's why it feels good. Yeah. It, took, it took a guy from the Valley yeah. to write it. And, and, and people put down the Valley. That's where I tied it into Hollywood. Like, they always put down the Valley. They put down the 818. Oh, you're out in the Valley? Well, a guy from the 818 and his pal from the 818 changed history. Yeah. Because we weren't negative. We worked hard. We pushed. We believed. And look what happened. So that's what it takes. And it was also based off this guy's a winner. Just like Theo was a winner, Brazello's yeah. a winner. Yeah. So winning does matter. Yeah, it does. You know, and being – and I saw it firsthand. That's what I try to share on Twitter. That's what I try to share in comedy. But you know what? It's not wanted. It's, it's being funny is fourth on the list. Oh, yeah. It's what do you look like, who, who you are, where are you going – not about getting laughs at the comedy store. You know, it's like, I, why aren't I ever on at midnight? Why aren't I? These guys, it's like, because you, you, I don't toe the line. I wish I could, but my health matters. Yeah. I say. Brody getting political, tied in, to, you know, taking his ball, taking his World Series ball and going home. <laughs> I say keep being who you are, man, because ever since I moved out here, you've always been the same person. You've always had the same message. You've always done the same things. You've always been one of those kind of yeah, guys. Yeah, but that, you know what? My money's running out. Well, but you know what? What I'm what I'm saying is because you're true to yourself, it comes back around. Is what I, what I really do we'll believe, see. and I, I believe it will come back around for you because you're that kind of guy that people were for those that don't that listen to the show that don't live in L.A. Brody Stevens is one of those guys that when you go to a comedy show or you see him on the street, he calls out your name, says something positive, and keeps it in that realm, makes you feel good about yourself, and then he goes on his way. And that's one of those things that you know you'll be remembered for for always. You know, and that's why it comes back around. I do believe that it will come back around. Well, we'll see. You know, we will see. But I, I do. Uh, yes, it feels great. It does. It does feel good. There's no, there's no denying it, no getting around it. It does feel good. Awesome. All right, Brody, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you giving us the time today. How long was that, 15 minutes? That was about, <laughs> that was about 10 minutes, so we'll edit it down to five and see what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going. the good thing is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to post it today so we can stay current. So. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this, Brody. I was feeling really uh, kind of uh, not so good about society this morning when I woke up, so I'm glad we did this show, and I feel You're better, better now. I am. You feel good. I you am. got guys like Brody. Yep. You got Brody. Come That's, with us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love it. It's All fun right. over here. Yeah. Well, we, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And thanks for everything you did for the Chicago Cubs, because as a fan since, uh, you know, 1977, I uh, I really uh, was looking forward to this win. Are you any emotional? I think John's crying. No, I, I, I've, got, I've gotten some tears. What happened was like after the fact, when I was watching the replay of the game and knowing what was coming up and like knowing what happened and watching Rizzo put the ball in his pocket and watching Bryant get the last out to Rizzo and like. The, the only thing that would have made that game completely perfect would have been if, say, Harry Carey or Vin Scully had called it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you could have gotten a Vin Scully call on that World Series game, it would have been the all-time. I mean, it is the all-time right. greatest game. But but uh, I just feel like, I mean, Smoltz is good, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I can't, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying um, thank you, and thanks for doing the show, man. We really appreciate it. You got it. All right, guys. Thank you very much. All, all right. Talk to you soon, Brody. Thanks. It. All right, take, okay. take it easier, buddy. Bye. Um, yeah, I, I think in closing, um, you know, for for me, the only thing I would say 
um, that was missing was the fact that because I did have to watch it recorded, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to share it with anybody. Um, I did wake up. I tried waking up my boys. Tanner, my my oldest did stay up. So I got to share the winning moment with him. I'll tell you where I did panic, though. That game went on so long that I thankfully I recorded all the little half hour segments oh afterwards. God, and when that rain oh delay hit, God. I turned to Natalie and my wife and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because I thought it was oh, going to be like a four hour right, rain delay. Dude. And I wouldn't I w- it would be one of those ones right after go to ESPN or Sports Center, MLB Network and watch the recap to find out what happened. Yeah. And Dude, that uh, was the quickest rain delay. I was when that rain delay happened. I was like, "Yeah, are you kidding me?" A rain delay. Like I started to panic. It turned out to be the exact thing that the Cubs needed. Yeah, it I mean, was. That it was, was basically it was a reset button. It was a complete reset button. Everybody calmed down, and again, a rain delay stopped a hundred and eight year drought. Yeah, do you know what it's I mean? Crazy. It's in. I I cannot. It could not have been. There will be. A, I've said this online right after the game. There will be a movie made about Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. It will be called something like Game Seven. Right. And and I guarantee you, Kevin Costner will either play Joe Madden or Terry Francona. It will. It's a done deal. It's. I mean, it's right. It already. You're, so you're anticipating this happening. Being happening soon. Well, it already wrote itself. Just recap. Right. Put recap the game on paper, <laughs> and you've already got <clears throat> a better baseball movie than 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 has been made in quite some time. So. Um, you know, again, to the Cleveland uh, fan base and the team and the organization, I, I as a Cubs fan, I could not have wished for a, a better team to play against to give us a better series to make the whole thing that much more sweet and at the same time stay super classy because, again, there were no riots no. in Chicago. There no. were no riots in Cleveland. There was no bad blood between the players. There was no – like uh, Brody said, the – Cleveland organization let the Cubs fans stay in there till two in the morning. Yeah. And then was like, all right, guys, we gotta go home. Look, at the end of the day, John, uh, the, the things that I that that I will hold true to twenty sixteen is 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 th- things have gotten really negative. And you may not be a baseball fan, but um, that World Series and the, the two teams that were in it and the and the excitement that they generated and the happiness that they generated um, which, it, by being the seventh largest gathering of people in, ever in the history in the of the world, history of the world, um, goes to show you that it mattered on, on a grander scale. It wasn't just oh, longtime Cubs fans right. finally get their no, wish. No, no, it was. This was something. It really brought a lot of people to the table because something uh, exciting and positive was happening in a time where negativity seems to be ruling both on the internet and within our politics. And so it was really nice to have, uh, you know, that break from all of that and be able to experience something that momentum yeah and that environment was it was just it's just it's never going to be forgotten and it's I, never going to be forgotten and i i, I feel kind of bummed for you because just being with <clears throat> being able to share the the win with like my brother and my wife yeah. and his wife and their little kid and like people i know that were out were like you know i, I went and w- had to watch it at a bar but it was crazy how they didn't know anybody at the bar, but everybody at the bar was like yeah. getting along. Tim went to Sports Harbor and he goes, none of these people are Cubs fans. None of them are Indians fans, but everybody's getting along. They right were now. happiness fans. <laughs> they understood the, the, the magnitude of the moment. <clears throat> and to be clear, I did share. It was just a very quick moment because yeah. when you have to wake people up. <laughs> see, m- m- my yeah. wife knew the results of the game because she had to be out that night. And she happened to be out with people from Cleveland. So they Ooh. she knew. But she she put her best game face on for me, which I greatly appreciated. Wow. She calmed me down when I was panicking about the did I record enough for the rain delay. So she said, she, she, and the Oscar goes to yeah. Natalie she was like, Irwin. she goes, oh, the rain delay's short. Don't worry, the game will be over by such and such time. And, I, and then at that point, I'm like, I don't want to know anything. And then I'm like, I realized yeah, you better, you better I went down. into denial and I didn't like. Uh, 
I thought maybe she just kind of checked how long. She didn't tell me the score, but but like I, I woke both my kids up, and um, uh, the youngest kind of woke up. He's a huge Rizzo fan, and he like looked, and I go, "You want to get up and celebrate?" He's like, "Nope," and then he went right back to sleep. But he wow. got to see the last play. Oh wow. Which and was then, made by Rizzo, who yes, put that ball in his yeah, pocket. Yeah, yeah, and so, and then I just, I jumped up and down and uh, and high fived and hugged uh, w- with the family. But then everybody was kind of like, okay, cool, we did this thing with Dad. Now Dad can stay up if he wants, but the rest of us are going back to. Bed. And you it, stayed up. It and was watched late. Reruns and repeats, and you watched was the late. game again. And like, I saw that game seven times. Yeah, the only time um, I actually got emotional was they. Did you see the parade? Yeah. So before the parade, they did a recap of the season. Yeah. That's where I got emotional because then I realized everything, like, it, everything is a journey. It's a journey, and they, and it was just you realize what how the, the journey. And I think I think I, I alluded to this in the NLCS, uh, and I, I'll I'll be done. I'll close on the show in respects to this. But in the NLCS, it's be, when you don't know how to react to winning, you don't know how to behave when it finally happens. And I think that was kind of the situation for me, both the NLCS and, and the World, the World Series. Series. It, I, I time needed to pass in order for me to really. Like recap my life and my involvement with that and team. Think about why it mattered think, yeah, to you. Yeah. And, and what it in meant. the moment, I was just kind of like, "Shit, it's crazy. done. This it happened. Crazy. It's exciting, but crazy. it's done. This is crazy. It's done. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, and it's done. Yeah, it finally happened. It we is done. Finally got one. Yeah, yeah. maybe it would have been different if it was live, or if I was in Chicago, or if I was at the game. I don't know, but I can only speak for that moment. In both of those scenarios, that's how it was for me. You know, I don't know how it was for you. I don't know if, if well, it ever brought to you emotions. Too, I, I mean, it, like I, like I said, I watched the game over and over again after the fact, and it. It, it it would hit me in waves. It would just be like I'm like this is the greatest thing ever. Then I'd be like, oh my god, like yeah. this is kind of everything. And then when you hear guys like Joe Madden say it's it's not just us. It's we. You look out at the crowd and there's there's you know grandparents and great grandparents and grandchildren and generations of people who have rooted for this team. And and I get I get it. Like people think sports is silly and and it doesn't. You know they're getting paid to throw a ball around and and I understand that. But at the same time. If if a game can bring people together and make people that happy, yeah. then then what you know? How can it be a bad thing? Well, and also um, in remembering a part of Brody's story is that that's the beauty of like he's saying th- they th- they know they know the, the the crowd is there. They're looking into the stands. They pay attention. Yeah. They see familiar faces. They acknowledge. They may not say anything to you. Like Brody was thinking, well, oh, I didn't know Jake Arrieta saw me. Right. He just told him later because he happened to have that situation where they ran into each other at a later date. But it's just like if you don't think that they're not noticing you out there as a fan, they 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 get it. Well, they, especially they know a guy like there. Brody, who's just always around. Well, you but know, I'm saying in general, his, though. But yeah. this, t- t- there's a Brody for every team, right? If you think about well, it. Well, I don't know. Not not a Brody. I'm saying there are fans for every team that these guys see and they sure. recognize and they appreciate and may bring a smile to their faces. On every organization, may have those people that are around and they're glad to see them and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is that it's a two way street. Yeah, uh, yes, it is, but I will. I would. I. I don't think there's a Brody for every team. No, I no, think. no, no, no. I'm using him as yeah. an overarching. Yeah, but I mean, guys like him and, and involvement with Major League Baseball. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, I don't think Brody. You know what I mean? He's it's, done a lot on that team. Yeah, and and, and in unique and, ways. Dude, he was there in '96 with the Yankees. That was Jeter's first yeah, year. Like that's crazy. like, that's insane. You know, that's just that's a lot of solid baseball history. Yeah, and uh, and he really genuinely the one thing that that is, is should not be missed in this. He genuinely just loves baseball. Oh yeah, that's a, there's a genuine oh, love yeah. there for that sport with him, yeah. and that's where it all he starts. He is a pitcher. Yeah, because he is a pitcher from ASU. And I hope I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go down to spring break or spring break. Yeah, do that. That's fine. <laughs> spring <Yeah>. training. <laughs> I'm gonna go down to spring break because I'm an idiot. I'm gonna go down to spring training next uh, season and hopefully he's down there. Uh, 
coaching first base. All right. Well, take us out. Uh, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, and, again, we understand things might not have gone your way election-wise. but uh, We'll survive. We'll, we'll survive. We'll, uh, we'll do it together. And uh, stay positive. And I can't believe the Cubs are the 2016 World Series champions. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Buy your gear. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 